This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your presence here with us this morning. And thank you, Lord, that you're here to teach us, to guide us, to direct us to your Son. And we pray that Lord, that would be accomplished this morning as we open your word in Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 26, 31, then saith Jesus unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, though all men should be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Now, We last saw how the Lord Jesus had this most wonderful Passover meal there. And if you think about it, that the millions and millions of Passover meals that have been, this was the Passover meal in a borrowed home on the upper floor up there, and this was it. And God's purpose for all of those millions of Passover meals was to look forward to the ultimate Passover lamb whose blood would be seen by God as promised in Exodus 12 and whose blood would cause the sparing of the trusting souls from the ultimate death of suffering in hell forever. Like it says in Exodus 12, 13, but when I see the blood, I will pass over you that the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. And at long last, now, sitting in this table was the ultimate Passover lamb, as verse 20, Matthew 26, verse 20 says, he sat down with the 12, and that was the ultimate Passover meal. And Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb, said that at that meal, one of the 12 was going to betray him. And that announcement brought a a sorrow and a fear on this Passover meal where a fear where each of the disciples looked at himself with a question, one question, three words, verse 22, verse 22, is it I, is it I? 
And then the Lord didn't leave them in that state of hanging. He identified who the betrayer was as Judas Iscariot, and then that wonderful meal then moved on to the subject from is it I to the subject of for you, for you, as Christ took the bread and broke it and told the disciples that the broken bread represented his body that was to be broken for you. 1 Corinthians 11, 24, 1 Corinthians 11, 24 says, when he had given thanks and break it, he said, take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. That became the theme of the rest of the meal, the for you. And along with that breaking of the bread, Christ gave the great invitation of the disciples in verse 26, verse 26, take eat, take eat. And continuing on, with that for you purpose, that for you theme of the meal, then he took the cup of wine and he said that that represented his blood, which he was giving for the taking away of your sins. He said that in verse 27, 27. He again gave that invitation, drink ye all of it. Now, after he had drunk that wine, he said that that was just a little foretaste, just a little bit, of what is gonna happen in the future when he's gonna be in heaven, and at that point, won't be like this meal where they're looking forward to the shedding of his blood and taking away the sin, but it's gonna be looking back to the fact that it really did it, he removed sins. So finally, this Passover is capped off with the singing of seven psalms, that was what they did, seven psalms, Psalm 113, 114, 115, 116, 117, 118, and Psalm 136, the so-called Hallel songs. And then they left the upper room and they were heading for the Mount of Olives just outside of Jerusalem. And so now it's dark outside. They're walking on their way to the Mount of Olives. They're just walking together. And while walking, Christ is thinking. And as he's thinking, He has a somber tone about him. And he says that the night is far from over, far from over as he makes this terrible prediction of what's going to happen. And he says this, it's so interesting. He says this in verse 31, in verse 31, Jesus saith unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. And then he quotes a scripture of a fulfillment that was gonna be a fulfillment in Zechariah 13, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. He says to them, all ye. The last time they heard him say all was when he took the cup and he says, drink ye all of it. So all, all were to drink of this cup and now he says that all of them are gonna be offended at him. I mean, he's already made an astounding prediction that night that one of the disciples is gonna betray him that night. When he said in verse 21, verse 21 he says, and as they did, he said, verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And the response was in verse 20, they were, verse 22, the response was they were exceeding sorrowful. They were sorrowful because they believed him that one of them was gonna betray him And every disciple then in verse 22, verse 22 asks that three word question, is it I, is it I? 
Well, now he's made another astounding prediction that involved the disciples, only this time it was not a prediction of one of the disciples was gonna do something terrible that night, but this time was a prediction that all of the disciples were gonna do something terrible that night in verse 30. Verse 30, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. And there was no need. Now there was no need for them to ask the question in verse 22, verse 22, is it I? Because he told them the answer was yes, it is you, it's all of you. When he told them earlier that one of them was gonna do something terrible against him that night, they believed him. Because for each disciple, there was an, an 11 out of a 12 chance that it wasn't them. It was 11 out of 12 chance that it wasn't them because it was, it was gonna be one of them. But now, he said that all of them, there's, there's one missing, so now there's 11. So he says that all of them, all 11 of them, are gonna do something terrible against him that night. That meant that there was an 11 out of 11 chance that they were gonna be offended that night. And their response was really, verse 33, verse 33 was a response, I will never be offended. You know, verse 35, likewise said all the disciples. The disciples refused to believe that they would all be offended in him, in Christ. And he told them why they're gonna be offended that night. It was because in verse 31, verse 31 he says, all you shall be offended because of me because of me this night. Actually, the Greek can be very well read. All you shall be offended because of what will happen to me this night. You're all gonna be offended because of what's gonna happen to me. It was because of Christ or because of what happened to Christ that they would be offended. And the word they use there for offended is the Greek word scandalon, scandalon, from which we get our word scandal. And that word in the Greek means also a trap, a snare trap that an animal would, be, would fall into. Like for example, if they were to dig a pit and you cover it all with leaves and the animal walks along and falls in there. That's a scandalon, that's a trap. So when the disciples would see that night their master Christ betrayed by one of them and they would see him then arrested by this large group of temple soldiers and then led away as a criminal for a prejudice trial, a mock trial. When they saw that, every one of the disciples would be so frightened for a prejudice trial, a mock trial. When they saw that, every one of the disciples would be so frightened and so full of fear that they would fall into the trap of abandoning Christ and running in all directions just to save themselves. That's what would happen. Fear for their own safety would cause them to be so offended at Christ that all of their loyalty and their devotion to Christ would just collapse in that moment. Not one of the disciples would stand with Christ at that time of Christ's hour of need, hour of trial. It would be for the disciples, it would be for each of the disciples, every man for himself, and they scattered to hide themselves from the enemies of Christ. And when the 11 disciples saw Christ arrested and ushered into that trial, they stumbled. They stumbled. 
and they abandoned their faith in Christ. They fell into the trap. They fell into the scandalon of fear and unbelief, and down they fell as they ran for their lives. And so Christ told them that this is gonna happen this very night. And that raises the question of why? Why did he tell them? Why did he tell them that they're all gonna do that, be offended at him that night? Well, one reason was to increase their faith in Christ as God. Because only God knows everything. Only God knows everything that's gonna happen. So he told them in advance that later after they recovered from forsaking Christ, they'd be stronger, be stronger to know that he knows all things. He knows everything. He told us in advance what was gonna happen. He told them in advance that they could be stronger in their faith in Christ later, that he knows everything, which is what it says in Hebrews 4.13. Hebrews 4.13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Goes on. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, or you could say this great high priest, that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all point tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So like the disciples, when we know that Christ knows everything about us, everything about us, and that it is we're naked and open to him, it's foolish for us to resort to do, to try to do what Adam and Eve did in Genesis 3.8, Genesis 3.8, after the fall, when it says they heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and Eve, and Adam, his wife, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. That was just stupid. And when we realize that we're naked and open to the eyes of Christ, then we're not gonna try to go hide ourselves from Christ when we sin, but we'll come to Christ as our great high priest who is so intimately aware of our weaknesses. That's what he's aware of, our weaknesses. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.15 that he's been touched with that feeling of how weak we are. And knowing that he knows us and he's felt the same feelings that we feel in our weaknesses, that's what drives us to a special throne, a throne where he is seated, and it's called the throne of grace. We think of the throne of power, but his is a throne of grace. We go to the throne of grace so we can find what we most need, mercy and grace, mercy and grace. Mercy to not receive the cold shoulder of God. Mercy to not receive the response of God as you forsake me, I forsake you. You deserve to be abandoned mercy to not receive that when we need help, and grace to receive the loving arms of God that we don't deserve, but we need it when we need help. 
So that's one reason he told them in advance that they were all gonna be offended that night so that their faith in him would be strengthened so that they know that he is God, he knows everything about us and still loves us. Because a friend, I mean a real friend, a real friend is the person who knows the worst about you and still loves you. And there's only one friend like that. His name is Jesus. Romans 5.8, Romans 5.8, God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What that verse is saying is that even though he saw the worst in us, the very worst in us, he still loved us to the point and died for our sins. So when God knew the worst about us as sinners and still decided to show the greatest kindness for us, that was John 15, 13, John 15, 13, where he said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. He knew the worst about the disciples. He knew that they were gonna desert him in his trial. He knew that in advance, that they were not gonna stand with him when he needed them, and he still loved them. He told them he'd forgive them, and he told them in the next verse, in verse 32, verse 32, he said, but after I'm risen again, I'll go before you into Galilee. And that strengthened their confidence in him. As John 13, 1, John 13, 1, now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was coming, that he should depart out of the world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. He knew they wouldn't be faithful. He knew they were, not, they were gonna turn on him, turn away from him, rather. And he's, he was still faithful. Why? Because 2 Timothy 2.13, 2 Timothy 2.13, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Now, he also told them in advance because he had just told them that there was one of them that was gonna be a traitor, that was Judas Iscariot, and he didn't want them to think that, well, okay, that was him, not me, I'm not in danger. He told them in advance that they were gonna desert him, they were gonna run away from him, so they would not feel secure in their position. It's only Judas who's vulnerable, not me. He told them they were gonna leave them. He told them that he wanted to raise an alarm. He wanted to alarm them. He did alarm them so that they would stay on guard and they wouldn't fall asleep in their guardhouse of watching for their own temptations. He told them that. And so now, during the supper, or rather, before the supper, before the breaking of the bread, before the drinking of the wine, Judas was discovered as the traitor, and Judas left. He left the meal early. And then the meal was peaceful. The meal was quiet. The meal was nice. The meal was a wonderful time. But as soon as this meal was over, very shortly, a storm was going to break on them. There was a storm coming and they had no idea that it was gonna, the meal was wonderful, it was a great time. Oh, this is my body, which is breaking. Oh, wonderful for you, for you, for you. That's fantastic. But in relatively short time, it's all gonna change. It's gonna be a storm. Reminds me of the time when I went out with my youngest son and we were, we were fishing on the other side of the island in front of Loretto there in Carmen Island. And the weather was just beautiful, it was so beautiful as calm as a lake, and we were about 10 miles off of shore, and when we started back, the wind started to blow, and, and when we came around the tip of Carmen Island there into the sea in front of Loretto, that wind was blowing hard, very hard, 
and the waves were getting higher and higher because the because what happens there is the wind comes down the Sea of Cortez and then there's in Coronado Island. It forms a wind funnel and it really blows hard. The wind was racing down. We were struggling really to keep the boat from capsizing. It was really bad. And the motor, we'd run the motor hard when we were in the valleys of the waves and then we'd back off totally off of that and, and, and just kind of try to coast up to the top of the waves before we come crashing down you know, and, and, and really there was no steering of the boat to try to get to a location. It was just steering the boat to try to keep it from capsizing. And I remember at one point I went flying up in the air. I thought I was going to land in the water, but it was really something. But I finally made it back to the harbor captain. I already closed the marina, but they let us in. And what was so interesting, well, so dramatic about that was that it happened so fast. It went from a calm to this, the waves were nine feet tall. They were crashing over the boat. And that's what happened on this night when Christ told the disciples in advance that the storm was coming and, and they should be on their guard. But yet it would have been such a wonderful, peaceful meal. How could that be? That's a picture of our lives. That's a picture of our lives. One moment in our lives, we feel so peaceful, so quiet, everything's just great, you know, and just like the disciples of the supper, and then the next moment, we're in a storm. Like two friends of mine this last week where one friend got a phone call that his daughter had just been diagnosed with a very large brain tumor on her pituitary in New York. And that was, there's a storm. And another friend got a phone call that his 27-year-old son had a massive tumor on his chest that they, they don't know what it is, but it's causing him to stop eating and he's in the hospital. All of that, unexpected storms in our lives just pop up out of nowhere. And that's why Christ said in verse 31, this night, he's emphasizing this night, it was going to be this night when all seemed to be a perfect night, a quiet night, a peaceful night, that the disciples were gonna face the trial of their lives and they needed to be on their guard. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 27.1, Proverbs 27.1, boast not thyself of tomorrow for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Like those who feel like the past prosperity is a guarantee for the future prosperity, it makes them feel like, well, let's just go get drunk, which is what they said in Isaiah 56, 12. Isaiah 56, 12. Come ye, say they, I will fetch wine, and we will fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow shall be as today only much more abundant. Those two words that he said in verse 31, this night, express how we have no way to predict what's coming around the corner for us in life. Just like that rich man in the Bible, he had no idea what was coming to him that night, that one night when he went to sleep feeling so secure in Luke 12, 16, Luke 12, 16, Jesus said, he spake a parable unto them saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do because I have no room to bestow my fruits? He said, this will I do. I'll pull down my barns, I'll build greater. and There will I bestow all my fruits and my goods and I will say to my soul, soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. But take thine ease, 
eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night shall thy soul be required of thee. Then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. Well, that was a man who thought he had many years to enjoy himself and all that he had gotten. And what happened? He was not living on guard, ready for the next terrible disaster to hit. And so what did God call him? A fool, thou fool, because he wasn't ready to die. He wasn't thinking that I'm, I could die tonight and I have to be able to give an account to God. That very night, God said, Luke 12, 20, Luke 12, 20, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.